Praise God. If you have your Bibles, just for a few moments. God has instructed me to, to do something, and I love it when I have a personal word from the Lord of what to instruct people in. The Bible said that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word literally means God breathed. He breathed on clay fashioned into a person. And he breathed on that clay, and the clay became a living soul. That's why the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That word quick means it's alive, it's living, and it is powerful because it's God-breathed. I'm, I'm breathing right now. My vocal cords, it's air passing through my vocal cords that's giving voice to the words that I'm speaking right now. God is a spirit. But he spoke, and things occurred. He spoke. It's living word, praise God. So God has instructed me to, to build the faith so that we can believe when we pray so that we can receive what we're believing for. Acts 14 said there was a man at Lystra, that sat and he never had walked. It was kind of like the man at the gate, beautiful. It's another reoccurrence of that miracle in another place, in another time. But it occurred again. It said Paul went down to Lystra and there he preached the gospel. Now I want you to stop right there in Acts 14 and say this. Healing is not extraneous to the gospel. It is part and parcel of it. Jesus' commission is not just go preach the gospel. Go preach the gospel, heal the sick. Is that not what he said? Then why do we just put the emphasis on the gospel? And, and do we not understand that God's help for his people, God's healing for his people, God's deliverance for his people is part and parcel of the good news of salvation? When you get saved, God becomes your father. You call him Abba, Father. And a father has certain responsibilities to his children. And he said, if you, being evil, that doesn't mean we're all wicked. It just means we're all of flesh and bone. We're not completely pure. We're not divine. We're debranched. Can you say amen? And if you be an evil, intrinsically, the worst sinner out there knows how. They don't always do it, but they know how to take care of their children. And if you be an evil, know how to do that. How much more will not your heavenly father take care of you? You know what he tells me as a daddy? He said, if I don't provide for my own I have denied, this is strong stuff. I have denied the faith and have become worse than an unbeliever, than an infidel. Just the way I treat my own family can put me in that kind of serious category. If any man provide not for his own, he has denied the faith and become worse than an infidel. And so Jesus taught, if, if you know how to do good to your children, 
If your son asked a fish, would you give him a stone? If he asked for bread, would you give him a serpent? If you, being intrinsically evil, know how to do good to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? One one uh, portion of Scripture says give the Holy Ghost, which is a good thing. But it's not just the baptism of the Holy Ghost or giving the Holy Spirit. It's meeting needs. It's answering prayer. A shepherd is judged in the eastern countries by the condition of his sheep. A good shepherd doesn't have sheep that have been killed by wolves, mauled by bears, eaten by lions, emaciated, uh, and, and not representative of the watch care of that shepherd. God is judged by you and me, believe it or not. He's judged by us. If we're beleaguered, beaten down, battered, living as if we don't have a father who cares for us, living in the condition of the world about us without hope and without God in this present world. And then we're trying to tell people how much they need what we have. And they take a good look at us and the way we're dealing with things and what's happening in our life, and they say, why would I want that? I got a washtub full of that already. You can't represent a good and gracious God without answered prayer. Who has a God like their God? That's what the nations judge the covenant people by. That's why we, we had it up. And if we were in here permanently, we would put that banner up again right in here. Who has a God like our God? And the people about them said, who has a God like their God? A God so nigh them in all that they call upon him for. Now, God has instructed me to build faith into his people and into myself so that when I pray, I believe I receive. And the issue is this. Listen to it carefully. This is why this is so important. Acts chapter 14, and Paul went down to Lystra, and there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man who never had walked, just like the man at the gate beautiful. And Paul steadfastly beholding him, discerned that he had critical, crucial, don't miss it, faith to be healed. Well, where does faith come from? Faith comes by and hearing by. Say it with me again. Faith comes by and hearing by. The devil wants you to not hear. You know, everybody's got a regular ear. Just touch it. He that hath an ear. It's not this ear. It's an inward ear. It's a spiritual hearing. It's having a heart to receive it and apply it. It's called a good ground heart in the New Testament, in Jesus' teaching. If the seed of the Word gets in that good ground heart, the Word itself will bring forth fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. It will be multiplied within you and within me. 
And one of the products of the word is faith. Faith to believe. Faith to receive. John 15, that fruit-bearing scripture, it says, it says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, listen to it carefully, you will ask what? You see, Jesus is saying this. Don't look at me as if I am saying this. I'm telling you what he said. Let it have way more authority than I have. Let it have more authority than what you've been taught in the past. Let it have more authority than what you think. It's got to be paramount. It's got to come before the prognosis from the doctor. It's got to come after the diagnosis. You've got to put the word before all of that. Faith that God is in control. God is on the throne. God is listening. God is responding to you. Can you say man? Listen to me carefully. He's steadfastly beholding him and perceiving and discerning that he had faith to be healed. You see what's wrong today? We're praying so many prayers for people who have no personal faith to receive it and judging God's faithfulness based on their experience and not on what he has said in his word and what is being experienced in the lives of those who believe. I've got into some passionate situations with preachers when I would talk about his miracles, God coming through, pointing out. I I love J. Vernon McGee. I I love a systematic Bible study, but I don't like what he said about miracles and the supernatural. Schofield is a good reference Bible, except when it comes to the Holy Ghost. And then he goes off the rails. Hello? Hello? I like what one preacher said. He said, the word of God, the Bible, sheds a lot of light on the commentaries. You have to judge the commentaries by the word of God in the Bible, not judge the Bible by the commentaries. You have to let God's word stand. If he said, (laughs) if he said, if my word abides in you and you abide in me, you will ask what you will. Well, does that mean I can have anything I want? No, it means you can have everything He wills. And you can begin to discover His will in the Word of God. Find a promise, discover a purpose for your life. Find a promise to you and discover a purpose. If God made a promise, He first had a purpose. And if He didn't purpose to answer your prayer, He would have never promised to answer it in the first place. The Bible said those that operate in faith in Hebrews 11, out of weakness, people like you and me, like Paul, when I am weak, then am I made strong. Out of weakness, through faith, they were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. I felt an unction a while ago when we came to the chorus of he's raising an army up. I believe he's raising up an army of spiritual warriors. People who know who Christ is in them and know who they are in Christ and are not going to let their sense of personal inabilities or weaknesses or anything like that come into play. When you call on the name of Jesus, something very powerful is going on spiritually. 
And that's why the devil said, don't preach or teach in that name. Preach all the religious structure and systems you want, but do not preach in that name. Why? Because there's no other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved. There's no back door to heaven. There's only one way. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And there's no, no, no other name. Preachers are waffling on that issue, but God isn't. Preachers are apologetic for what Jesus said, but God isn't. Can you say, man, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Can you say, man, listen to Him. Let His Word become final in your life. If you don't have the faith to be healed, there's... I, I, that's, see, that's it. That's what the Lord told me. He said, tell my people, get in the Word. Tell my people to let the Word get into them so that when they pray, they can believe. Because you don't pray and wait and see. And you don't pray and try to build your faith. It happens when you pray. Jesus said, when you pray, not after you pray. That's what's wrong. We pray and hope for the best. Hope is not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is. It has to be in the now. Can't be in the past. Can't be in the future. If it's future, it's hope. But if it's in the now, it's faith. And Jesus said, when you pray, believe. Paul did not start a healing line until the word of God was preached. And someone, their faith came alive within them. And when he perceived someone had the faith to receive healing, he spoke to him with a loud voice and said, Stand upon thy feet. Jesus makes thee whole. Remember what Peter said? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And taking him by the wrist and lifting up a man who couldn't walk. In the name of Jesus, I have that authority. We have that kind of God. We have that kind of response when we call upon His name. Can you say, man? It's a bold faith. It's a faith that operates at the moment of prayer. I prayed for something that got really worse last Sunday when we were praying for needs. I prayed for something that got worse. It got really bad after I prayed. And, and, you know, we're just human. You pray and it gets worse. You're, you're battling. I'm not questioning God's faithfulness, but I'm questioning my faith. And I'm saying, Lord, is my faith not big enough? He said, did you believe when you prayed? I said, yes, I did. He said, then thank me for it. Now, see, that's breaking with the normal pattern. That's illogical. When it happens, you thank him for it. no. No, you thank Him for it so it can happen because you're believing that He's responding. I don't know how, when, but it's coming. It's being done. As far as God's concerned, it's done. It's up to us to believe for it. Listen, listen. Did you believe when you prayed? I said, yes, Lord, I did. He said, then just thank me for it. So I started thanking Him for it. Well, it's getting better, but it got worse before it got better. Got up this morning... Was some residue of it still there? Yes, it was. 
Well, there, there may be some this afternoon. That's immaterial. It's coming. I'm not going to be debilitated. I'm not going to need a cane or a wheelchair. Hallelujah. Praise God. How do you know, Brother Ben? Because I believed when I prayed. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give you the scripture. How many? Oh, my Lord. How many times have we prayed and then just waited to see if anything would happen or what would happen or when it might happen? And yet Jesus said, when you pray, believe. Everybody say, Jesus said. Because you're looking at me funny. As if I'm the one saying this. And it's going against what you believe. Well, listen, let the Word of God be final. Come on, let Jesus talk to you today. Hear ye Him. Can you say, man, this is not my Word. I didn't write this book. Hallelujah. When I worked for Tampa Electric, I was so glad I wasn't a foreman. I don't apologize for what Jesus said. I'm a preacher of the gospel. An apologist really uh, is someone who defends the authenticity and integrity of the gospel. That's, That's a different thing. Amen. But I don't apologize for what Jesus said. It's up to God to back up his word. And it's up to you to believe that he will. Nobody can do that for you. I can give you the word all day long, but faith won't come until you settle it in your heart. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. No, 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 no. God said it. That settles it. And you have to decide whether to believe it or not. Because thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Well, if it's settled, we shouldn't be debating it. If it's settled, we shouldn't be trying to figure it out. It's not when you believe it that it's settled. It's when he says it that it's settled. Hath he not said it? And will he not do it? That's when the word gets off the page and gets past your head. The hardest thing is to getting it in your heart is getting it past your head. Amen. The Holy Spirit will lift it off the page. The Holy Spirit will plant it in your heart. But it has to go through your head to get to your heart. And that's a hard place. Amen. Come on. That's a hard place. Because that's where the reasonings and the logic. And it's illogical to thank Him for something until it's done. Reason doesn't buy that. But Abraham bought it by faith. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, bringing glory to God. Because he believed that God was able to raise the dead. And he demonstrated that when he offered his son as an offering. And God had promised him that through that son, his seed would be blessed and become as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. And he picked up the ceremonial dagger to offer his son as a sacrifice. And as far as he was concerned, his son was dead 
God wouldn't let him do that. God never asked for human sacrifice, but he wanted Abraham to be an example of trusting God to that point with the most precious thing in Abraham's life. When he raised that dagger, it said he received him as one raised from the dead. Number one, he said he accounted that God was able to raise him up. If he took his life, God would give it back. He'd have to give it back. Why would we have to give it back if in obedience he took the life? Because he promised through that child. So he said when he went up there to offer him, you know what he told his crew, the people, that his entourage of people that were with him on this journey? He said, I and my son that I'm about to offer will come back to you. If I take his life, God's going to have to give it back and raise him up. Because God gave me a promise. And the promise is that sure. And that strong. And God is that big. Anybody read the scripture? Do you understand how strong his faith was? Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Believing that God was able. Do you get it now? Not to just raise the dead at the general resurrection, but he demonstrated he would have raised my son, but he stopped him short and said, I'll provide myself a sacrifice. I didn't want your son. I just wanted his place in your heart. That nothing is before me and you showed me that. And I and my son will come back down unto you. Accounting. This is the reason for him staggering, not at the rest of the promises of God. Amen. Through unbelief. Because he saw God demonstrate his faithfulness. And he believed that God was able to raise the dead. <laughs> and God does something else that he believed. How many believe that God has all power? All. Not some, not most, but all power in heaven and earth. Christ has it. God gave it to him. He delegates it to us. Listen to me carefully. And he calls the things not as though they were. God calls the things not. When he told Abraham he was going to be the father of a multitude, he didn't have any children. But God purposed it. God promised it. And before he had one child, by the way, he was a hundred years old. When God made the promise. Sarah was 90 and counting. And it was a double negative on Sarah. Sarah was barren when she was a young woman. So this is a barren 90 year old. And he said, I want you to change your name. As soon as the child is born. No. I'm not going to call you Abram anymore. I'm going to call you and you introduce yourself from this day. The day I made the promise, you change your name to Abraham. Which means this father of none is introducing himself as the father of a multitude. Why? Because God said it. And he calls the things not as though they were. 
And He asks us to come into faith agreement with Him on that. Logic, see it's got to get through your head to get to your heart. And the problem is not your heart and it's not the Word and it's not God's faithfulness, it's our head. Trust in the Lord with all your and lean not to Trust in the God with all your and lean not to Wow! From this day forward, when you take the promise by faith, you change your attitude, you change your very name, you introduce yourself as the father of a multitude. You're a hundred. Your wife is barren, and now she's too old to have children if she wasn't barren. But I have given you a promise. Respond to my promise in faith. And Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith doing what? Giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. You see what the devil does. He wants the church to be impotent. He wants the church to be just like the world about us. If man can't help us, we don't have, a, we don't have any hope anymore. If, if God doesn't, you listen, thank God for good insurance policies and great doctors. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Utilize all of those things that are good and perfect and God-given. But nothing can take the place of the Spirit of the living God responding to you when you pray. Nothing. When man shakes their heads and man wrings their hands, God stands up tall and strong. Can you say man? And we've got so over-dependent. We were talking about dependence on the government and how it brings people into a, a, a source uh, that is so unstable. What an unstable thing to put your trust in. Some trust in their companies. A man that worked for Exxon had tripled into his 401k. He had $1 million, supposedly, in stocks, rather, in Exxon. He worked for them for 35 years. He had a $1 million cushion to start his retirement, plus his pension from the company. And they went belly up. And when they went belly up, 35 years, all of that investment in stock went down the drain, and he ended up just like the rest of us after building his hope of a lifetime on, what, on that stability of that company and what he had paid in, and they had him on CBS News. Some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Can you say amen? I'm going to tell you something today. Without building our faith back in God before anyone or anything else, we will find ourselves trusting in the horses and the chariots. We will be like the world about us. We will use our, phys our physical, our intelligence and our ingenuity to try to figure out everything and take care of everything. And the, and the shift has come. There's no shield of faith anymore.
The fiery darts come through and God is judged as unfaithful, not only by people who see it, but by our own self. So God has instructed me first, when you have a need, when you pray, believe that you have received. Well, what should be the response at midnight? I love the way it works. You can watch it work out in Scripture. Watch it work out in the people that apply it. You can watch it work out in me. It's working in me right this very minute. Hallelujah. Sister Venable, this thing works. This is powerful. Amen. Your doctor, he's a good guy, but he's a guy. He has expertise, but he's a man. He's flesh. He's blood. Come on, he's a, he's a horse pulling a chariot. And you can put your trust in the horse and the chariot. But we will put our trust in, in the what? The name of the Lord our God. If he's ever revealed himself by name, he's revealed a character. He's revealed his person. Whatever he was, he is. And he always will be. That's why the scripture said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and he will be forever. The church has changed. Christians have changed. Oh, have we changed? Do you remember when God was everything? God was our total source. Even if he used people, we gave him the glory. We never depended on people. We never looked to people. Because we knew God was the one caring for us. He identified himself to Israel. They called him Jehovah Rapha. He declared himself to be a physician. He declared himself to be a doctor. He told ancient Israel, by the way, the new covenant is not a lesser covenant than the covenant they had. It is a better covenant. Established on better promises. For the blood of Jesus speaks of better things. Than that of bulls and goats. But let me. How many would like to hear a bull and goat covenant? How many will say we got a better one? Well we're going to have to beat this one if it's better. Are you ready for this one? If we got a better covenant. We're going to have to beat this one. Because this is part of the old covenant. God's dealing with people under the sacrificial system. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all of thine iniquities, who heals all... Come on, this is not a New Testament concept. God has been a physician since He declared Himself to be a physician. And he declared himself to be a physician, amen, to Israel coming out of Egypt under Moses. And he changes not. Can you say amen? Amen? Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, it's time to quit. I barely started. You'll have to come back next week for part two. How many will try to come back? How many will come back? People that try to come back probably won't make it. Have you ever heard, Brother Venable, I'll be there. What is it if the, I'll be there if the creek don't rise. 
something don't come up. Listen, if God can part the Red Sea to get them where He wanted them, if God wants you here, He can, t- he can build a bridge over the creek. He can part the creek. He can give you enough of God to walk in the water or on the water. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. We got to quit limiting God. Creek don't rise. I don't want to hear it. If you're in the hospital, that's different. Creek did rise <laughs> and you can't make it. Listen to me carefully. Something has to change. Somebody has to have faith to receive so that God can answer prayer. So that God can be glorified in the answer. Without faith to receive, it doesn't matter who prays. It don't matter if Jesus prays for you. If Jesus comes in person and lay hands on you and you have no faith to receive, He's going to demand faith from you. He didn't heal nobody that He didn't demand faith from. He was God incarnate, God in flesh. And there was a blind man that cried out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. He said, bring that man to me. And when he brought that man to him, he said, what do you need? He wanted him to speak clearly what he desired from the Lord. It's called supplication. Definite request. I look at the Christian community today and I said, I hope your giant never shows up. Because the lion and the bear is mauling you and hurting you. And a toothless devil is gumming you to death. I hope a real giant doesn't show up. Amen. While we sit idle in the area of our faith. God wants you to believe so you can receive. Is that okay with you? Jesus never healed nobody. He asked a man. He said, he said to the blind man that he knew what he needed. He said, bring that man to me. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I might see. He said, go thy way. Thy faith has made you whole. He asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, a man with the poor old me's and had every right to have them. Wilt thou be made whole? What do you mean, will I be made whole? I have no man. See, there's the shift. There's the shift. He wasn't looking to God. He was looking to a supernatural event where God in a dead religious system troubled the water to let Israel know and anyone else who cared to notice that God is not out of business. Heaven is not bankrupt. The church is dead. Amen. Full of dead dogma and dead religion. But God is still on the throne. So he sent an angel down once a year to people who had forgot the power and presence of God. And when that water was troubled by the presence of the angel, if you got there first, you got healed. And he'd been trying year after year after year. And he couldn't walk And Jesus said, will you be made whole? Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Will you be made whole? He's asking him for faith. He said, I have no man. I have no man. I have no man to carry me to the water so I can get in it before anybody else. Because only one person is going to be healed. Jesus said, eh, wrong. There's somebody else going to get healed and they don't even have to get in that water because there's someone standing here today. Hallelujah, that is Jehovah Rapha. In Him, in Him dwelt all 
not some, not, not, not most, not half and half, but in Him dwelt all, all, all the fullness of the Godhead physically and bodily. The healer is standing in front of you. You don't need a man to put you in the water. Something supernatural is going to occur and your inability to run down and beat everybody to it is not a factor. It's available to you right here in this holy moment if you will release your faith in me. The man released his faith and Jesus raised him up. He wanted to let them know God's not out of business. Heaven is not bankrupt. Hallelujah. Isn't it incredible? Acts 14, a man, they went down to Lystra. There they preached the gospel. There sat a man who was lame from his mother's womb. He never had walked. Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. You start a healing line full of people with no faith to receive and nobody gets anything. No matter how, nobody's more anointed than Jesus and Jesus wouldn't respond to anyone without asking for faith. Do you believe I'm able to do this thing? Do you believe, he said. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And when they said, yea, Lord, he said, according to thy faith, be it unto you. Amen. Well, then building our faith is vital to believing and receiving. And you can't build your faith going with the flow of your emotions. When we were in church, emotionalism there was a lot of it, and people thought people were really in the presence and power of God. But if they didn't get their need met, falling out and getting up sick, didn't change anything, did it? Getting goose pimples and running around the building without getting a prayer answered doesn't deliver you from anything. And I had a church full of tongue-talking spiritual babies. And if you don't believe you can be tongue-talking and be a baby, go to the Scripture and look at the chaos at Corinth. Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, combative, competing. Paul had to go down and take a bunch of spiritual children and try to organize them into some kind of representation of something other than Pentecostal chaos. One stood to prophesy and another would stand up while that one was prophesying and he said, You don't. You're trying to get the attention. You're trying to get the attention. God isn't getting any of the attention. I remember one time someone gave a wonderful word from the Lord. Someone sat there with their word and they just couldn't stand not getting their word in. They jumped up and said, and the Lord would say unto thee yet a greater thing. And I thought a greater thing. Boy, I couldn't wait to hear it. It wasn't a greater thing. It was the same thing that was already stated. But the person wanted the attention for themselves. And I thought, this is Pentecost. This is the Holy Spirit. That ain't the Holy Spirit. That's sounding brass. 
That's a lot of noise. It's causing confusion, and make no mistake about it, I call that out because God is never the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Can you say amen? So I've been, I believe in Pentecost. I'm Pentecostal head to foot and all in between. But I believe that the Holy Spirit moves in a way that when He's done, we have something. He's the Spirit of truth. And He's here to guide us into truth. He wants us to know truth so that we can be made free from the lies of the devil and and even the reasonings of our mind. There has to be a truth that transcends what you see and what you feel and what I see and what I feel. So Paul didn't pray for everybody until he perceived there was somebody that through the proclamation of the gospel had received faith to be healed, faith to receive it. So he said to him with a loud voice, stand upon thy feet. Jesus makes you whole. And the man stood up and walked and received healing. And the Bible said in that particular community, all who saw it came to the Lord. Evangelism was marked with miracles. If Say it with me. Effective evangelism was marked with miracles. Go and preach the gospel and let it stand. No, go and preach the gospel and heal the sick and cast out devils. When they see the power of God, they'll know this is not a dead religion. This is not a man-made religion. Amen. When they see the power of God in exercise, when they went back in and couldn't even find the polyp that they already had predetermined in their mind it was cancerous, but when they got in, they found no polyp there. The demonstration of answered prayer pointing to the power of God. When this man, because of prayer, amen, came through something that the doctors and the VIPs are scratching their head because of that aneurysm in this big, big artery that runs up to the heart. How he lived is a mystery to the medical profession. It is not a mystery to those who prayed for him. Because we know it wasn't the horse or the chariot. It was God who stepped in and God who did the work. Can you say amen? Well, we started late and it's time to go. Let me read you a scripture. Words of Jesus and why this is occurring and why Acts 14 is so important. And why for personal Bible study, everybody that asks Jesus for anything, he asks them for faith. Do you believe I'm able? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? As your faith be, so be it unto you. The ball is not in my court, he says, anymore. It's in your court. If I promised it, it's up to you to believe it. Abraham didn't stagger at that. But was strong in faith. Because he didn't stagger at the promise. Accounting that God was able to raise the dead and cause the things not as though they were. Go thy way. Ten lepers come to him. Ten leprous men And they said, Lord, Lord, we need healing. And in order to be accepted back into Jewish 
community, you had to not just declare your healing from leprosy because it was such an infectious disease and devastating disease. In fact, if someone came meeting you down a, a, a pathway, you had to cry unclean so they would go around you. There's 10 of these guys, outcast and ostracized. They come to Christ and said, if you will, you can heal us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest that you are healed. Go tell the priest you're healed. Listen, they're not, they're not seeing any manifestation of healing at all. They all still have leprosy and they were told to go. Once he told them, you're healed. He told them, go declare it to the priest so they could be accepted back into the Jewish community. Are you with me? Is it still Bible? And as they went... Honey, it took faith to go declare you healed when you can see the leprosy and all the eating places on your body. But they said, he said it, and I'm going to go with what he said and not what I see right now. I need my healing, and the man is a healer. And he said, go declare your healing to the priest. And as they went, as they acted on his word. Somebody say, as they acted on his word. Come on, faith without works, corresponding actions is what? How dead? <laughs> oh, come on, as the, as the body, come on, that's biblical, that's not just a cliche. As the body without the spirit is dead. If your spirit leaves your body, you are graveyard dead, and that's where your body is headed. Can you say amen? Faith without corresponding actions is what? It's dead. It's dead. Amen. Pentecostal used to mean life. It used to mean miracles. It used to mean healing. Spirit filled meant power. Power. There used to be preachers in pulpits with an anointing that broke yokes. Not a man who just tells jokes. As they went, they were healed. Sometime between the time they left where Jesus was and the priest, the leprosy disappeared. As they acted on the word, as they went, as they went, as they went. Remember the old covenant? Same God, same principle. Amen. A city is besieged. It's besieged. No one can go in. No one can come out. And you couldn't go in and beg. You couldn't go in and beg. And lepers, leprous men who needed healing and needed bread and water couldn't go into the city. It was besieged by an army. And they were sitting around and they got to thinking. They said, if we sit here, we're going to die. Let's go by faith in God. Let's go into the city. If they see us coming, they'll kill us. But... We're going to die if we sit here. It'd be better we do something by faith than to sit here and die. And as they approached the city, God gave the sound of a mighty army marching. 
struck terror into the heart of those besieging the city and not only delivered the city but delivered those men. The Bible doesn't give all the detail, but you know how God is. He never changes his MO. He wouldn't let them go in there and continue to beg and not heal them. Not after going that far to help them. God is a mighty God. He's a matchless God. He's, there's none above Him, none beside Him, and none beneath Him. None like Him. Can you say, man, who has a God like our God? Hallelujah. Nobody. So, Jesus says, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, Believe that you receive them. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They're in jail scheduled to be terminated, to be killed, to be assassinated. At midnight, they prayed. They didn't wait to see anything. Immediately after prayer, because they believed When they prayed, they prayed and waited to see if God would come through, waited to see what was going to happen. No, they prayed and sang praises unto God. You can't let your emotions or reasonings get in the way. You've got to pray and start praising him for the answer. When you pray. Do you, you understand this is breaking our normal pattern? We've all grew up in church. This is breaking the pattern. I was getting ready to pray again. The Lord said, did you believe? I prayed, but I prayed with a praise. I said, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm in prayer right now thanking you for healing me. I'm not waiting for the manifestation to start thanking you for it. Mark eleven twenty four. the words of Jesus Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them, and you shall have them, and you shall have them when you pray. You say, Brother Venable, I don't believe that. Well, this is the words of Jesus. You better take that up with him. Don't look at me like you're looking at me. Get a mirror. Take a good look in it. There's where the problem lies. It's not Jesus and it's not the Word of God. It's the head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to what? What we all think we're so good at. Figuring everything out. I got it. I got it. No, no, we don't. He's got it. His wisdom is beyond ours. It's infinite and we're finite. Trying to figure it all out is not the issue. It, if he says it, <laughs> oh, let me, let me get past this. I've got to get past this. It's time to quit. I've got to get past this. There's a wedding. They're out of beverages. Don't, don't want to argue all these other finer points. They're out of beverage. They're out of wine. Grape juice. <laughs> Jesus tells the servants, bring me water. Jugs of water. And the mind takes over. We need wine. We got water. There's a fountain. There's a well. What does he want with water? And they come to Mary who's beginning to figure it out. 
And they say, Mary, what does he want with water? What could he possibly want with water? Why should we bring him water? What is that going to do for what the real need is? We're out of wine. Would you accept Mary's answer since it's in Holy Writ today? You know what she said? Somebody tell me what she said. Whoa, wait a minute. I want to hear this from somebody else. Everybody looking at me like I'm the crazy one. Are you crazy enough to... What did she say? Whatsoever he said, thunder, you do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did she say to him, Elaine? What did she say to them? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. (laughs) What did he say? Does anybody else want to listen to him for a while? We've listened to everybody, our own mind, everybody else, our own crazy, flaky friends. Amen. What about what he said? When does that take over? Just do it. Just do it? Just do it. Go show yourself to the priest that you're healed. When you pray, believe, just do it. Go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. I don't know why anybody, I has to be healed. My eyes don't have grit in them. I'm blind. What is wrong with him? Why don't he wake up and smell the coffee? I'm not going to make a fool of myself washing my eyes out in a particular pool and fountain. When I'm blind and need healing, why didn't He just heal me? Whatever He says unto you, He goes to the pool of Siloam, He does it. And He washes His eyes and immediately He's healed. He did an act of faith. God said, I want to give you something. I want you to act on my word so I can bring your healing. But you can't just sit there and complain and sit there and just reason everything. You've got to act on my word. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. He tells a man who never had walk to rise up. He says, take up your bed. Amen. You know what? He wasn't speaking to his mortal body or his, his mind. He was speaking directly to his spirit and the good news is when his spirit stood up on the inside he was able to stand up on the outside can you say man come on he wasn't talking to his mind he was bypassing his mind because if the man stopped to think about it he would have never tried to get up but he rose up in his spirit your mind has a problem with it your spirit is designed for the word of God because the word of God is spirit And life and deep calls to deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Don't call 911. It's just a preacher having fun. One last thing. It's hard to quit. This is so important. This place ought to be full. Listen. Thank God for the web. Somebody's going to get healed out there on the web. I guarantee you. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. Because it's the Word of God. It's the truth of God. Hallelujah. And I've been listening to what I've been preaching. And I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad, it's, I'm glad God is wanting me to build faith into His people so they can receive an answer. So He can do good in their life. So He can get glory for the good He does in their life. Hallelujah. 
and distinguish himself from the man-made gods. Who has a God like our God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said they got gods they made themselves. They got eyes and can't see. They got ears and they can't hear. And they got arms and they can't touch and help nobody. But I, my eyes are on you. My ears are open to your prayer. Can you say, man, in my hands are mighty and strong to deliver. That distinguishes our God. Hallelujah. Lazarus has died. It's been several days. Three. They put him in a tomb where the temperature had to get like an oven. Put a stone in front of it. To give you more history on that, but it's trivial. Here's the point. Jesus shows up. And Martha and Mary come out and said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. I'm here now. And he was going to demonstrate his authority over death. I believe he waited. Healing people is one thing. But raising them from the dead is something else. Some people can try to explain away a healing psychosomatic and all the other junk they throw at us. But you can't explain away a man who by now stinks because he's decomposing in a tomb when he comes out alive and well and healed. God wanted to get some glory. Sometimes he waits to deliver you so nobody else can because God wants to get some glory. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Are you getting this? God wants to get some glory out of this thing. So listen, here's what he says. He says to the servants, he says, go and roll the stone away. Reasoning, everybody point at it, this thing right here. Lord, you don't know what you're saying. Say, just doing it, your brain kicks in. The brain says, what in the world is he thinking? By now, they were right. By now, he stinketh. When we roll that stone away, there's going to be the stench of a decomposing body come out here. And how did he respond to them? Did not I say unto you, if you will roll that stone? He didn't ask them to do anything supernatural. He asked them to act on his word by faith. Just enough faith to do what he asked instead of sit and complain about him not showing up on time. Your flesh and mine rather complain than comply. Amen? Just comply with what I said. Did not I say unto you, if you would roll the stone away, you will see the glory of God. Did they see the smoke? Did they see the fire? No, they saw a miracle occur. Because the glory of God attends the presence of God. And when anyone was supernaturally touched or healed or delivered, the Bible said His kingdom has come nigh unto you. 
the king who rules and overrules is right here in your presence. Can you say, man, thy kingdom come here and now, not just the future kingdom, but right now in answered prayer. Thy will be done. If it's your will, I'm ready to act on your word. So I just begin to thank him. I said, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. I praise you. I thank you, my God and my King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this morning, got up after thanking him with the same symptom that was hurting me yesterday. But it ain't hurting me now. Remember when y'all saw me come in and preach and my wife got online and told you how sick I was before I came in? You remember that? And remember what you said to her? There was no evidence that he was sick. Most of the time, there's a whole lot of evidence when we're sick or sickly. How you doing? <laughs> what kind of week have you had? It's been bad. I mean, that sheep thing, you, you got to be a sheep to appreciate it. Can you say, man, how's your life going at this point? It's bad. How's things going in your family? It's bad. Amen. Amen. We, my flesh and yours want sympathy. We want sympathy many times more than victory. There's people that call me for prayer and they won't stop and let me pray for continuing to tell me all that's wrong. Stop! Let me pray for you so God can do something about it. The only thing I can give you is sympathy. God wants to give you victory. Victory is better than sympathy. Because if you get the victory, you won't need sympathy. Hallelujah. <laughs> if I hit my thumb and I bust it with a hammer, my flesh immediately kicks in. I wrap a paper towel around and it comes through the paper towel. It's really spurting. I want a band-aid and I want sympathy. You know what I do? I go. I remember walking through the living room and it was dripping off my thumb. And I said, when Pamela sees this, I'm going to get me some sympathy. <laughs> I, I'm going to get me some sympathy. And I show her my old bloody thumb. And she says, oh, Lord, honey, what'd you do? And she's running for the band-aids and the peroxide. And I'm saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm feeling better already. Amen. Somebody has seen how bad I've hurt myself and given me sympathy. But did you know something? I don't want to keep bleeding so I can keep getting sympathy. I want the bleeding to stop. I want the wound to heal. I want to be able to use this thumb. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. I want victory. My flesh like yours wants sympathy. But God wants to give us victory so He can get the glory out of what He does in our life. Amen. So when I walk today, amen, on a, on a foot that I couldn't walk on yesterday, amen, when I dance today on that foot, when I might even run on that foot, I am, listen, I am saying, Lord, I thank you that you have healed me. You did it when I prayed and I'm receiving it by faith right here and right now. God is good today. I couldn't wear these shoes. I, the only shoes I could wear was those 
Velcro strap-ons to hold down whatever hurt I did. But God has been faithful. And I thought, if I'm going to wear these old strap-on shoes, I'll put on a pair of jeans and a sport coat and look like one of these fancy preachers in these modern churches. God is faithful. I love him. He's merciful. Sister Ruth asked me, she said, Brother Venable, God must have given you the gift of faith. And I was careful how I answered that. Because if I've got a gift of faith and you don't have the gift of faith, then you can't expect what happens to me to ever happen to you. But if my faith comes from where you can get it, it's different. The gift of faith is for a special purpose. If God calls me to go to Africa and establish a mission, he will give me the gift of faith to believe, and I will see mighty things occur when I get to Africa. Amen. But the faith that we're talking about here today comes, and the faith I have comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God that's available to everybody in this room. For God is no respecter of persons. But, oh, yes, he is a respecter of faith. For he said, as your faith be. That's the determining factor. If you find the promise, it's as your faith be. So be it unto you. Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. In other words, your faith to receive has allowed God to do the work in your life. God gets all the glory, not your faith. Your God gets all the glory because your faith is in his faithfulness. Will you stand to your feet today?